mindfulness mode. Some loved ones have died and they weren't able to say goodbye or they're not even able anymore to go with them during their chemo infusion or their scans. They have to wait out in the car. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness right here on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Mindful Tribe, a lot of people, maybe you included, are struggling with some challenges these days and Uh, There are enough challenges with the pandemic that's going on, but of course, we all know that there are people struggling from cancer and, and other issues like that. And today I have a couple on as guests that can really help us work through some of these challenges. And I'm so excited to introduce you to this couple. I have with me David Dashinger and Tamara Green. So good to have you with us, Tamara and Great to David. be here, Bruce. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having us. So Tamara, what does mindfulness mean to you? Oh, it's it's presence. You know, mindfulness is presence and it's all these different ways that you can step right into the now because it's really the only <laughs> it's the only thing we actually have control of is this moment and not the past, not the future. So that's what mindfulness means to me and there's so many w- different ways of doing it. There certainly are. And David, yeah. do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I know that um, in my mind, maybe other people have the same experience. Uh, it's like a theater going on up there sometimes, and there's many conversations. And um, once I step back and realize, um, wow, that's an interesting conversation I'm having up here, and that um, you know, I'm become the curious observer of it. That I think to me, that's mindfulness, kind of putting a, a stepping back and having a little perspective on on all the thoughts that are going on up in my my brain. Right. It's so important to notice that because it can certainly uh, sideline you and absolutely cause huge problems if you don't know how to deal with it. Well, I want to share a little bit of information about both of you. David Dashinger and Tamara Green are licensed clinical social workers and they're co-founders of the Loving Meditations app. They're also a married couple and authors of the best-selling book, Live Calm with Cancer. David is a Grammy-nominated composer, a fire lieutenant, and a stage four cancer survivor. Tamara is a psychotherapist, a dating and relationship coach, and meditation facilitator. Their cancer journey transformed and inspired them to pay forward the benefits of mindfulness and meditation to those touched by major illness. And uh, their Loving Meditations app is a self-care resource that helps people experience more calm and ease while on their own healing journey. So I am so excited to talk to you about your journey. So David, you are a composer. That's exciting because my son also loves composing music. He's studying to be a theoretical physicist, but music is one of his deep, deep interests. So have you always been interested in music, David? It has been a lifelong association. Uh, My family were all music educators growing up, and I was immersed in it as a kid. And it's great that your son's um, interested in you or loves music because music and physics, music and mathematics are so really uh, parallel with each other. The way they, um, the, the way that they operate, um, there's a lot of symmetry between the two. So I think that's an excellent 
uh, pairing right there. Yeah, there definitely is. I uh, was a music teacher for my whole career and uh, absolutely loved teaching music. I never wanted to be a theoretical physicist, but uh, I think it's awesome that he does. And I'm absolutely wowed at how quickly he can compose and put together arrangements and he just sits down and and does that for fun, you know, and uh, it's it's pretty incredible to see. But uh, so tell me about you, uh, Tamara. I'm so interested in the work that you do with couples, helping them through challenges. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. You know, usually what I explain when I start to work with a couple is that relationships are sacred, whether they're meant to be long term or not, because each relationship we get into, we are working out our childhood wounds. We are learning more about life, about ourselves. We're working out, you know, our anger, our, um, you know, all the all the things that, you know, get into our way. So when you have that perspective about being in a relationship, um, it it can really turn things around for the couple. So it's, it's sacred. It's, I also mean it's sacred in a, it's a spiritual journey that you're on. You're, you're personally and spiritually evolving again, whether you go apart or, or grow together. Um, so that's, that's, um, my, um, sense about relationships they're sacred right and so did you get involved in this Tamara because of like was there a certain reason were you having challenges in your own life or can you tell us that yeah absolutely my my parents divorced when I was uh, I guess I was 10 years old and uh, my mother left just left and and the four of us were left with my father and uh, didn't see her again for many years later. So it was a pretty traumatic event. Mm -hmm. And uh, in my childhood, there was no, there was no communication. There was no fight. There was, it was just silence, which was really uncomfortable. (laughs) Yes. So um, I, I definitely looked at relationships at a very young age. I, my grandparents were married for more than 75 years. Wow. And I, as a young, as a teen, I started asking them questions like, you know, what keeps you guys together? You know, do you, do you love each other still? Or, and then they would talk about how their love, you know, they hated each other and then they, they loved and then they hated and they loved. And then in the last 25 years of their marriage, they truly, truly, truly loved each other. But, you know, yeah. they said they were soulmates and that fascinated me. So yeah, it, it's been my lifelong um, uh, journey. One other thing is that when I was in college, uh, all the girls would come to me at the dorm and they literally wrote a sign on my door, dorm shrink. I was the one that they would go to <laughs> if they were having relationship problems. <laughs> so you felt comfortable in your role at that time. Then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. So David, you, you, uh, have been a, a fire lieutenant for your, your life. Have you, were you one of those boys who always wanted to be a fireman? Tell us how you got into this space. Uh, it's a great question. Um, I really wasn't. I, I do have a picture of me about three years old on a tricycle with a fire helmet. Don't remember that, but 
literally did not enter my consciousness until we bought a house right next door to a firehouse. And what started as a little concern about the noise and the activity over there, um, I was invited to a, a barbecue and I'm like, okay, go meet some people. Uh, they invited me to a drill. One thing led to another. And uh, the next thing I knew, I was just um, in love with the whole um, activity, the whole brotherhood, the whole community of the, of the fire service. So um, it started about 20 years ago. Okay. And then you started working full time in that area? Yeah. The, the kind of schedule we have um, is 24 hour shifts. So we have time to do other things like loving meditations for me. So um, it's really, it's a beautiful uh, job in terms of being able to be there full time and also have other, um, other projects, other um, activities that we can work on on, the, on right. the, the downside. Right. So Tamara, tell, tell us about the day you found out that David had cancer. Yeah, it was in October in 2013. Uh, David had a haircut and his barber noticed a lump on his neck, oh. actually. And uh, that prompted uh, David to see the doctor. So I went with him and he, they were doing, you know, needle biopsies right there in the office. And they came back and they said, you have stage four cancer. And about four days prior to that, our 13-year-old son was diagnosed with Lyme disease. So oh, wow. <laughs> it was one of those kind of weeks, you know? <laughs> I guess. And so um, I was just going to say, what was your first reaction? How did you deal with that yeah. news? Uh, shock and then overwhelm. The, that, that day of, I didn't really you, you know overwhelm shock is is protects us from overwhelm and i realized that i went into shock to protect me from feeling that overwhelm initially and then from shock i i allowed myself to you know kind of get to the real feelings which was overwhelm and uh, so that overwhelm for me looked like um, about two weeks of sleepless nights but in the meantime i was you know, I was very busy taking care of my guy, setting up appointments, you know, getting everything prepared and ready for everything that they needed for their treatments. Um, so I was very busy, very occupied, not sleeping. And then one night I just said, oh my goodness, if a client came to me and said, Tamara, this is what's going on, what, what would my advice be? And it was get back into your spiritual practice, which was, you know, gratitude and prayer and, uh, you know, mindfulness. And so, so I did and everything really started to switch around for me. Right. And so, David, were you already meditating at that point? Was meditation a part of your life already? It had been at various parts of my life. I um, learned transcendental meditation in college and um we, as a couple, had been doing different kinds of, um, say, mindful or personal development kinds of courses that had tools in them that we had learned. Um, but I must say that right at the onset of the cancer diagnosis, we forgot about them. We were just caught up in the whirlwind of um, this whole like expedited treatment plan, the whole the whole disruption of continuity in our lives, not working, not um, not being able to work out the things that we just, you know, we're seeing very uh, similar parallels with the coronavirus 
pandemic where your life is turned upside down and nothing is the same from that point forward. And um, so it took us about two weeks to kind of come back down to earth and remember, oh yeah, you know, we have these tools and particularly as a patient spending hours in the chair in the infusion center and then all the time in between treatments where you're just sort of, you know, not have motivation to do daily activities. I thought, let me use this downtime to do something positive. Let me go back and revisit those tools and some of the, um, some of the techniques we've learned to kind of make this a productive time, uh, sort of choose to have a positive experience rather than be in this sort of victim mentality of, you know, poor me, I've, you know, I've got cancer, I can't do this, I can't do that. So I figured instead of hitting the panic button, let me hit the reset switch and kind of revisit, you know, what's possible. Right. Tamara, do you remember you and David going through a series of emotions as you moved through this? What were some of the emotions? Uh, There was one day in particular where David, um, we didn't know it at the time, but we had a very deep discussion about what if I don't make it? And, um, you know, what if it's gone too far? And, um, you know, we won't see our two children get married and, and, you know, all those, we're having those kind of discussions and something flipped in that moment that we were both crying hysterically and, and just kind of being with a, sort of allowing all these emotions and thoughts, scary thoughts to come to the surface where David decided to l- put his energy into living instead of putting his energy into dying. And that was a very powerful moment for both of us. It was, it was like this immediate shift. And uh, so that was certainly one of the emotions of just complete, um, you know, it was despair in that moment. And that really flipped over into, nope, this is, um, this is a journey. And, you know, the, the patient with the major illness is definitely going through a journey, but so is the caregiver. For me, I see everything as a spiritual journey. So for me, it was a, a spiritual journey as well. And for me, it was about, um, you know, let me use those tools of mindfulness, but let me take it even further. And let's see if I can have every moment be as present as possible, be present to what David's going through, be be present to what I'm going through, our son, you know, be present with the nurse or the doctor. And it was really amazing um, that it was about a six month treatment period. And I I have to say, I don't think I've ever had such a long period of time in my life where I really felt present with almost everything. I certainly had my moments, but I was very present. So it was a deeply spiritual time, like a deep spiritual experience for me. It really was. David, I have the sense that in your relationship with Tamara, you have tremendous amount of communication happening, that you have this ability to communicate very, very deeply with your partner. Has that always been the case in your life? Have you always enjoyed that kind of communication skill? I think it's on a certain level, yes, we have had it for for our entire relationship. 
at the same time, it's an evolving kind of um, part of our relationship, but particularly during the cancer journey, particularly during the time when we were really in a position of um, showing up in a certain way. For Tamara, it was showing up as a caregiver. For me, it was showing up as, all right, my new identity is I'm not the I'm not going out and helping people in their worst day. Now I'm receiving treatment. I'm receiving medical care. I'm receiving um, the love from my friends and family who are there from to support me. Um, but during that time, uh, the depth of her presence and my sort of opening up to receiving the love that that was pouring out from her, from these other friends in our uh, community, um, really was a shift for me as well. So I think. It took our marriage, our relationship to a, a deeper level. And I have to say, looking back on the cancer journey, that there were so many gifts that came out of it. That's probably one of the, the ones that um, I really, really feel grateful for. I think it's so fantastic that you both took on the challenge of writing this book, Live Calm with Cancer and Beyond. And then the subtitle is A Patient and Caregiver Guide to Finding More Ease Through the Power of Mindfulness. Wow, what a great title of your book. So Tamara, what kind of mindfulness did it take to make the decision and move forward and actually create this book? Yeah, um, it was this ignited mission passion within us that once David got um, we were there together um, when the doctor said, wow, you, you had brutal treatment, you had, you know, chemo, radiation, major surgery, and you are now cancer free, right? You guys were amazing. You were always uplifting. And, you know, most people come here are so anxious. I spend the first 15 minutes of each set session just trying to get them calmed down. But you guys were always so receptive and upbeat and positive. What were you guys doing? It was different than any of my other patients and, and caregiver. And so, you know, David shared that, well, mindfulness, positive messaging, you know, uh, anything on YouTube, anything we could read, you know, the, and our mindfulness practice and meditation practice. And he said, well, I want that for all of my, all of my patients. And then the light bulb went off for David and I, because we had already been created, uh, creating meditation and mindfulness um, video experiences for our YouTube channel. And, um, and so this is when Loving Meditations were, were, was born and we were on a mission. So that mission carried us through to writing that book and paying it forward because we literally experienced that even though you have a major illness or several in the family, it doesn't have to take you down. You can choose to turn this into a real uh, opportunity for self-discovery and self-care and growth. Your website is lovingmeditations.com. And that's, it's great to have that website uh, URL. That's fantastic. Lovingmeditations.com. David, I want to ask you, you worked as a fire lieutenant. I want to know what was the kind of response and feedback when some of your colleagues found out that you were into like mindfulness and spiritualism and all this. It doesn't always go together, does it? What what was the reaction? It's funny. Um, that's an amazing question, Bruce. Um, so I'm still discovering there are guys 
that I didn't even realize have some practice of mindfulness or some awareness of it. Um, there's one guy in particular who's a, he was a partner of mine, a brilliant firefighter and paramedic who was just diagnosed with uh, stage four pancreatic cancer. And so after I finished, you know, crying over hearing that news, um, I started watching what he was doing, putting um, the, some of the posts he was making on social media. And they are in some ways so right on in sync with what we experienced. Uh, he says things like turn grief into growth. And uh, he's, he's really embodying some of the things that we discovered on our journey. So um, it's so cool to see that, that um, there are people that they're kind of like, I don't know, closet mindful people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, um, and so there's some guys, you know, like probably I would never have that conversation with them. Other guys have been open to it. Um, they know about the app. They know about what we do. And um, I think they're, they're curious. But in some ways, um, we're starting to see it creep into the culture in a good way that um, there are now PTSD teams that are coming in and doing um, offering uh, sessions basically for those of us who are out there as first responders and are accruing this kind of stress and this kind of cumulative stress. Um, they're starting to use techniques like breathing, like um, present moment awareness, relaxation, um, and EMDR to help people to um, kind of work on some of these these stresses, these anxieties, these um, you know these accumulated um, energies that that we all experience being out there doing what we do. Right. Well. Wow, it's it's just very impressive hearing you talk about how you were able to move through this challenge and then get to the point where you could help others. I think that's fantastic. Tamara, is there a story you can share with us about someone else that you have helped because of your journey? Oh my goodness, yes. Uh, every week I run a cancer caregiver group. And uh, it's the, the highlight of my week is being with these 11 people, uh, participants in my group every week, and the stories that they share, especially during the pandemic, is quite heartbreaking because some loved ones have died and they weren't able to say goodbye, or they're not even able anymore to go with them during their chemo infusion, or their scans, they have to wait out in the car. So a, a whole level of support has gone away. So there's quite a bit of uh, grief, uh, anxiety, lots of anxiety around uh, what's how coronavirus has affected the you know the usual thing that a caregiver does for um, their loved one. Um, but there um, there was. I have so many stories, but let me pick one. There was one story where um, the caregiver in my group was not only a caregiver, but he was all, you know, he also has prostate cancer. So he had to go in for a scan himself. And every, every time we run a workshop or a webinar or a support group or whatever, we start with a, a mindfulness exercise, usually a breathing technique that gets everybody really calm and centered. And it was because of that, that he, we did it every week, every week. And he's been in my group for, for about two years now. He was freaking out when he went to that MRI scan and he remembered, oh wait, I have a breathing technique. Let me try it. And he said that he almost fell asleep 
on the table, he got so calm. So he was so excited to share it in group next time. He just had, you know, never experienced the ability to calm himself down from that level of anxiety before, but he did it. Wow, that is fantastic. My wife yeah. is a trauma nurse herself. So she's ah. been looking after COVID patients. And, you know, every once in a while, you know, I hear a, a story about, you know, something like a patient recently just wanted to see the sunset. And the nurses said they figured that would be the last sunset that patient would ever see. And so sad that they cannot have their loved one, even one loved person with them, you know, during that tough time. But it's, it's just the way it has to be, but it is very sad. Yeah, heartbreaking. Yes, it absolutely is. So David, when did you or Tamara come up with the idea to do a Loving Meditations app? That really came up uh, right after that doctor's office visit where he expressed this um, desire to have something for all his patients. And I realized that I brought my iPad or my cell phone with me to chemotherapy. I put in my earbuds every day and I was listening to meditation, mindfulness. Um, some of them were affirmations or clearing loops. And I thought, well, what better way to make this totally portable and accessible and to make an app where people can, they've got their device with them all the time and it makes it so much uh, basically no brainer to, to use it um, when they need to. Now with, uh, as Tamara mentioned, people are waiting in their cars sometimes for office visits or for a loved one who's having a doctor's visit. We have a virtual waiting room part of our app where um, it's basically just calming uh, programs. Some of it's got cinematic images, calming music and what we call mindful messaging. And um, so we, we have a bunch of different channels on the app for um, sleep, a, a Spanish channel. And so we keep building out the app because we know that there's so many people out there, not just cancer patients, but people dealing with the coronavirus and all the, all the uh, implications of it that um, really need some portable way to, uh, to de-stress and, and get calm. So David, did you build the app? Did you do the technical aspect? We did not. We we designed it with some brilliant um, rock star um, app developers, but uh, no, that's not our forte. Right. And uh, Tamara, tell us more about the app. What do you think are some of the highlights? And and tell us the cost of this app. Sure. It's uh, there's quite a bit of free content, so it's a free download. And uh, the annual so for the premium content is $19.99 a year, and the monthly is $2.99 a month. And um, so there, you know, it's hard to say what the highlights are because we, we know that there's no one kind of meditation or mindfulness that works for everybody. So I'm also a certified hypnotherapist, so, so there's some self-hypnosis. There's guided imagery, there's guided meditation, there's breathing. Um, some ha has more music than words, some have more words than, you know, it, it's a real eclectic mix of uh, meditations. And we also have collaborators from around the world that do their wonderful, wonderful, masterful work too that we have uh, on the app as well. Um, my personal favorite is called uh, Effortless Expansion. It's a, you know, it's 
is, is it your favorite too, David? I, I just love it. It really, really takes you to such a place of peace and calm. It's about 11 minutes long, but uh, the meditations can be anywhere from, you know, a little over a minute to about 22 or 23 minutes. So something for everyone there. So are your voices on the app as well, David? Yeah. Your voices are as well as other collaborators then? Yes. Yeah. It started with the two of us and then we, uh, we started meeting some brilliant people who are out there in their own right doing amazing um, work in the world of spiritual um, mindfulness, meditation. So um, we started collaborating with them and bringing their voices to the app. And um, so they're from places like Peru, um, Spain, Mexico, Colombia, and and England and uh, so it just it makes it so much more of a rich experience now to have all those different perspectives and voices and contributions so English is represented Spanish are there any other languages represented on the app not yet (laughs) but that's coming is it probably (laughs) that's exciting it is it is in about 43 countries around the world is it 43 countries wow you must be so proud yeah, We're that's, very, that's very exciting. Happy. Well, I always ask a question about bullying on my uh, on my shows because I've worked in bullying prevention for over 10 years. And I'm going to leave it open to either one of you. If either one of you have a story you could share with us about bullying, maybe a childhood story, maybe an adult story, maybe in creating the app, I don't know. But where mindfulness would have made a difference in how it was dealt with. Sixth grade and... Uh, middle of the school year, this poor girl named Debbie comes in to class and uh, she was already developed. We're age 11 and she's already developed. And she comes in first day and already the boys are just really teasing and taunting her and Mm -hmm. telling her to lift up her top and all these terrible things during recess, right? So she went as far back into the schoolyard as she could go and she was crying and I went after her and um, just told her, you know, those guys are jerks and don't listen to them. And, you know, you're, you're, I can tell you're a nice person and let's be friends and that whole thing. So I don't know if it was mindfulness, but, but I was very present with her. I allowed her to cry and and tell me what it was like to, you know, why she moved. I started asking her all these questions. Curiosity, I think, is is, um, definitely a a mindfulness tool. And I was very curious and asked a lot of questions. Well, to this day, we are very, very good friends. (laughs) Oh, are you? Isn't that a great story? We've been very good friends ever since. (laughs) Wow, what a great story. As we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So we'll uh, just go for like 30 second answers or less. The first one is this, who is one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life? David, do you have one person that you could mention? Yeah, Eckhart Tolle would come to mind. And uh, Tamara? I would say Michael Beckwith. Oh, yeah. Right. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, David? Right. Um, well, it, it's taken judgment out of emotions. It's um, it's just kind of, I think I move through them. If it's something uh, something negative, I'm able to move through it quicker. 
So Tamara, tell us how breathing is part of mindfulness for you. Oh, yeah. So just by, if you can breathe, you can meditate or be mindful. So just being able to focus on the inhale and nothing else but focusing on the inhale and focus on the exhale. That's it. Mindfulness right there. Right. Built in meditation. <laughs> <laughs> right. And David, tell us how breathing is part of your life as a result of mindfulness. Oh, it comes into play all the time. Uh, if I'm responding to an emergency and I need to really get focused and, and sort of stop the mental chatter, um, focusing on my breath is a great way to quiet down my mind. And similar to the story Tamara told about the MRI, I've literally talked myself off the ledge um, when I was in an MRI machine. You know, you can push a button saying, let me out. Um, I was this close, but uh, I use breathing to get through it. And it's, uh, it's so amazing how effective it is. Wow. Yes, it really is. So Tamara, if you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what book would that be? Uh, Radical Mindfulness by Daniel Gutierrez. Okay. We'll put that in the show notes at mindfulnessmode.com. David, do you have a book you would recommend? Um, yeah, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Right. Yeah. That is a, a great book for sure. And of course, your book, Live Calm with Cancer, I would highly recommend. Live Calm with Cancer and Beyond, a patient and caregiver guide to finding more ease through the power of mindfulness. I just love how that subtitle sounds, you know, and, and the title itself, Live Calm with Cancer. And uh, of course, your app is, uh, I haven't tried it yet. I haven't uh, experienced it, but it sounds like it's an incredible app, Loving Meditations app. And do we just search Loving Meditations in order to find it, Tamara? Uh, lovingmeditations.com and you will find it on our website uh, or it's uh, we have a the page just for the app that's calmcancerstress.com right okay calmcancerstress.com it's on the ios app store and it's on google play for android okay are there any other apps that either one of you would recommend that can help with mindfulness I think Insight Timer, there's a lot of really good, uh, again, a lot of collaborators. But yes. I, I hear really good things about Insight Timer. Yes, I, I really like Insight Timer. And as a matter of fact, just a few minutes ago, I looked at my email and there was a payment, something to do with some of the meditations I've done on Insight Timer because they've, they've certainly been listened to many, many oh. times, thousands oh, of times. Wonderful. Right. We'll have to listen to you then. Yeah. That's great. It'd be great. Yeah, it'd be great if you did. I'd love that. Well, it's been fantastic talking with both of you about how you've how you've moved through this challenge of living with cancer. And do you have any last minute words of advice, Tamara, as we uh, wrap up our interview? Yes. Being a human being on this life, especially right now, is so difficult. So what if everybody woke up and gave themselves tremendous kudos for even getting out of bed? acknowledge yourself, you know, wow, I got my feet out of bed and now I'm going to take a shower and get dressed. Yay, me. 
<laughs> you know, give yourself a lot of kudos for just getting up every day and doing what we do. I like that so much. And David, you are the one who moved through this without feeling like a victim. Maybe you did at times, but you just made that decision like you described earlier. And you thought, you know what? I'm just going to move through this without feeling like a victim. Do you have any final words for us, David? Yes. Um, very big part of this was being uh, grateful for my body and all the miracles that it performs without us even being aware of it. So uh, I think it's super, super important to acknowledge, be grateful, and to stay in touch with our bodies um, and to make sure we move them every day. Thank you so much. And Tamara and David, I'm honored to have met you and had a chance to talk to both of you. Thanks so much for being on Mindfulness Mode. It was our pleasure, Bruce. Yeah, Thank wonderful. you. Wonderful. Really enjoyed it. Awesome. Bye now. Bye-bye. Mindful Tribe, I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you did, please tell your friends about the show. Every person who subscribes and listens helps our show. So in the meantime, take what you heard today and reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.